0: Hi, everyone. You're listening to WMN, a podcast by PS I'm On My Way. I'm Trisha Villarmino, and I'm a friend to many amazing women. I have a travel blog and a YouTube channel about my travels, but in this podcast, I will introduce you to all the women who inspired me in my life. Women travelers, entrepreneurs, life coaches, every woman who made a difference and positively transformed their lives will be my guests in this podcast. Who's that one woman who inspired you? I'd love to get to know them too. You may write your suggestions to psimonmyway.com slash podcast and I'll definitely check them out. Every two weeks, I will be uploading episodes on Spotify, so make sure to follow along this journey with my fellow women. Hello, everyone. You're listening to WMN, a podcast by PSM On My Way. And today, we are going to talk to one of the women I look up to. So um, everyone, let's welcome Alex Reynolds. Hi. <laughs> yeah, so I, I started following Alex when I first went, I went to Georgia in 2016. And at the time, I didn't find, I didn't really find anyone doing content on it. And so Alex um, Alex's content and pictures just showed up and I was like, wow, cool, because... I didn't think that people would really go to Georgia. So I'm really glad I found your blog. Thank you for writing some amazing stuff about countries that most people don't go to. But today I want to talk about, um, I've seen you in Pakistan uh, for for, uh, a long time now. I've never been myself and I'm very curious about how do you, I mean, how you just arrived there. But first, can you please um, introduce yourself? Where are you from?
1: Yeah, sure thing. Um, Hi, I'm Alex. I'm the blogger behind Lost with Purpose. And I'm from the United States. I am 20-something years old. Getting closer to 30, though. (laughs) Um, And I've basically been traveling for the last few years full-time, mostly in Asia, mostly in, like, Central and South Asia, Um, And my theme is kind of backpacking and adventurous solo female travel at this point. I go to places that many tourists consider, really, and I write about it. (laughs) And that
0: is that. Okay, so Alex, when did you first um, visit Pakistan? And I want to know why this is so interesting for you or what strong feelings you have towards traveling Pakistan. Yeah. I first
1: got to Pakistan in 2016. It was around the start of my long-term travel. Mm -hmm. And basically, I was only traveling over land, and I was in Iran. And so my options after Iran were Turkmenistan, where the visas are difficult. Mm -hmm. Afghanistan, which is a bit dangerous, and Pakistan, which seemed to be slightly less dangerous. (laughs) So I went for Pakistan. Um, I saw a blog, or not a blog post, a post on a forum on Lonely Planet's travel forum saying like, yeah, it was actually fine and not that bad. And so that was pretty much all I needed. And so I decided to go there. Six weeks there first time, and just my mind was blown. I was introduced (laughs) to such crazy hospitality. Yeah. Like nothing I've ever seen before. And people were just inviting you in after talking to you for three seconds and um having you stay at their house, having tea with you, having food with you. Um they'd take me around and say like, Oh, you've never been here. Let me show you some cool things and they'd like take off work and go <laughs> drive you around yeah. for the day.
0: And just I mean, I'm everywhere sorry. you look
1: there's something interesting.
0: Yeah. What Do you mean with, you mentioned slightly less dangerous, because I don't want to shy away (laughs) from that one. I want to emphasize that, because you mentioned a bunch of Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and then you said slightly less dangerous (laughs) as operative words. What do you mean by this?
1: Slightly less dangerous. That's me being dry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, it's not, I don't think it's that dangerous. Um, Obviously, at that time, Like in 2016, I couldn't find very much information at all to Mm -hmm. fight the idea that it is dangerous. And so when you search for information around that time, all I found were like government warnings saying, don't go there. You're going to be bombed or poisoned or kidnapped Mm -hmm. or all this crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it wasn't so different from what you see in Afghanistan coverage, but I think it's far safer than Afghanistan. Um, mm. I have been to Afghanistan also. <laughs> and so there are still parts of the country that are somewhat dangerous, uh-huh. um, but all of the places that are dangerous are really difficult for tourists to access. Foreign uh-huh. tourists need like permission to get to these places, except when you apply for permission, you're never going to get it because the government doesn't want to give it to you. So it's actually quite difficult to get yourself uh-huh. into these
0: Right. So I, I think the, the the beautiful part about writing, so for example, I'm going to search Pakistan on Google. You're right. All you see is just government warnings, but mm-hmm. blogs like yours, so guys, if you go to blogs, um, Alex's blog, there's a lot of firsthand experiences and real stories that happen to her, which is very rare when you, when you Google something about Pakistan, because when you're when you want to travel to places like Pakistan where you don't have any idea about how it is, you you know most people want to see, okay, who's been there? Who can I reach out to? Who's, you know, is there an actual person who's actually been there aside from all these government um websites? because, you know, government websites, the writers are not reachable. Mm-hmm. so when when you um, go to Alex's blog, you will see, her experiences with um, local families, with the culture, and the you know breathtaking views, but I'm curious. As an American, you are very privileged to visit this countries, countries For like sure. this because of your passport. Because sure. if I go and I um, this happened to me in Israel and in Lebanon, be but I'm with a Philippine passport. It's it's kind of. Like if I go to another country, for example, I went to Dubai and they were asking me, what did you do to Jordan? In Jordan, what did you do in Israel? Why do you have a Lebanese stamp? It's um, in my experience, I'm more challenged and questioned because I'm from a third world country. How is it for you? How, how What do people say or what do immigration officers say when they see you have a Pakistani stamp in an American passport? Um,
1: immigration officers... Well, at the start of it all, I put my stamps. I have dual nationality, actually. <laughs> so I have two strong passports instead of one. So I put all of my quote unquote suspicious stamps into my British passport. Um, mm-hmm. But. Still, for sure, once I did start putting Pakistan stamps into my U.S. passport, there was some suspicion, but because I'm an American, especially going back into the country, they're much more lenient. Um, I've gotten some weird questions like, ooh, you did go to these places? Why? And they're like a little bit suspicious, but ultimately I'm their citizen, and so they're probably going to let me in.
0: Right. Um,
1: I've had some problems going into... India, not significant ones, but they got very suspicious, obviously, because there are tensions between the two countries. But what I have to experience is not anything close to what someone with a developing country passport has to go through. Right, um, because on the no f- one would stop brighter it to the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah, no one's going to be suspicious of a U.S. citizen with these stamps for too long. Um, inside the country, actually, however, an interesting point is that it kind of backfires there because Pakistan is very concerned with spies coming into the country and getting information and so there's an especial, especially large amount of paranoia for American spies coming in. Mm-hmm. So Being an American can backfire in that way that they're infinitely more <laughs> suspicious of everything that I'm doing especially yeah. if I'm in a place where not many tourists go. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that I'm American actually causes problems in that way but still it's peanuts compared to what people have to go through in immigration mm-hmm. and other places but
0: you were um, actually stopped or held or you know put in detention for having these stamps right
1: uh, oh no no nope I'm a <laughs> okay <laughs> I don't know how you would treat it unfortunately on the bright side, going into the country, they might be a little more lenient with you because they know what it's like to have people give mm-hmm. them crap because of a passport. Yeah,
0: so. I know going to Pakistan won't be a problem for me. The yeah. thing is, if I go to Europe, if I go to uh, the US with this um, with this stamps, it's just you know quite difficult. Even just living yeah, in Israel for a year was was very hard for me, but. Um, Okay, so we've talked about how immigration or, you know, how passport stamps affect, which doesn't affect you at all. But what do people from home say, your friends, your family, about you being in Pakistan?
1: I mean, a lot of people just don't have a grasp on what I'm doing. They all think I've, like, run off to join ISIS or I'm hanging <laughs> out in the Middle East, like, really? being proselytized, um, <laughs> They're waiting for me to like convert and come home and yeah be a proper hijabi and yeah they think I'm just riding camels in the desert I think yeah <laughs> um, my family was really resistant to the idea the first few times I went I think the first time I went my mother and father texted me like every other day to be like please we'll do anything please 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 just leave please <laughs> go to china or go to india or something just like get out of there now please, we will please, pay please. you <laughs> yeah no they literally offered to pay for my plane ticket out and <laughs> yeah. said, no it's fine i'll be fine just leave me alone it's okay um yeah. and now they're quite relaxed about it my mom mm-hmm. um wants to come to
0: pakistan herself wow. so <laughs> progress has been made <laughs> <laughs> but um, how um, how did you find it um Normally, in my experience, I find it very difficult to explain to people, especially if they haven't been there. How do? You, what are your um, keywords, operative words, or selling points? Like, okay, mom, Pakistan is like this. Like, how do you describe it in a way that people understand would understand?
1: I mean, well, first of all, I'll show them pictures of mountains because that usually just totally undermines all of their understanding of what the country is like. They see pictures of mountains and trees and they're like, wait, what? You're not just like <laughs> running between bombs in the desert? What? And then yeah. I'll usually explain a few stories of like hospitality and things that have happened to me and times that people have like taken me in and taking care of me. Just mm-hmm. to show that like not everyone is crazy. It's just normal mm-hmm. people, just like everywhere else, just trying to live their lives.
0: Yeah, what, what do they say about you know people? Because usually my, my mom would always say like, why are you living with people you don't know? And <laughs> like, maybe you're gonna get kidnapped, what's your address yeah. and your
1: um, location? Yeah. My family does the same, people do the same. I try to tell stories of hospitality and they're like, wait, you just went into a random person's <laughs> house? what and it's like yeah but they look nice and they're like <laughs> what the hell <laughs> yeah. are you talking about it's hard to explain hospitality to someone who hasn't traveled and just experienced that somewhere where people just help you out and invite you and in, even though they have no idea who you are yeah so at some point you just have to put your foot down and be like look am i dead No, No, I'm not. I'm I'm perfectly fine telling you. So clearly it's not that bad.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So you you talked about being with local people and, you know, just living in homes because the way I see it, you're just not visiting Pakistan. You're staying there for long periods of time and, you know, trying to get the country better. How do you find these these host families, so-called families? honestly they find me a lot of the time (laughs) yeah (laughs) um
1: these days I use a combination of Instagram because a lot of my followers are from Pakistan and then Mm -hmm. just people I meet like the last time I was there I was motorbiking around to a valley that I'd never been to and I showed up and there was like one maybe guest house there but the guest house owner wasn't there and so I was just standing in the middle of this village like oh Mm-hmm. shit like, where do I yeah. stay now and then this guy just like comes up and comes out of the car and is like what are you doing here it was, I'm a tourist I don't know what I'm doing here and my bike yeah. is dead so I can't go anywhere now and he's just like okay you want to stay at my home was, yes <laughs> that's a good idea let's yeah. go And it just happens. That's honestly how easy it is sometimes. It just happens in the moments when you need it most.
0: Yeah. Because also in my experience, I, I, in the Muslim countries, in most Muslim countries, are very, very inviting. In the beginning, when I was younger, I was like, okay, why, I, I don't, I'm not comfortable that you're inviting me like this. And then as I go, I realize that Having guests in um, uh, Muslim homes is very important for them because, um, you know, according to the Prophet Muhammad, like if you treat your guests well, and then you know the lords will treat you well too. Like it's an honor for them to have guests.
1: Yeah, exactly. It brings you a step closer to heaven and to the Prophet and to God if you bring in the guests. Religion definitely plays a huge part. Uh, yeah, I've but noticed it, that it's in all the Islamic, in a Islamic way. countries, huh?
0: It's not like in a creepy way, right? Like, come no. to my house or... I mean,
1: sometimes it's in a creepy way, but you can usually see that with people when they're like a little bit too excited. And it's usually a man by himself and he's younger and hmm. it's like, hey, hey, come to my house, girls I'll pass.
0: Yeah, so Alex, can you give us a tips on how you read those things? Because not a lot of girls are very good at this. And so I want to know how you... You know, is it based on how you feel, how they look, or, you know, all the current situation, the ambient? So tell us about that. Yeah,
1: there's so many subtle things that go into it. It definitely took me a few years to practice this skill. Mm -hmm. But now if someone invites me, if it's a woman, I usually just go for it, unless she's acting really weirdly suspicious and uncomfortable. Um, If it's a man, I'll consider things like, is he younger? Is he older? Older people are usually a bit calmer. Versus younger boys, especially boys in like the sixteen to twenty-five range, are usually a bit more sexually frustrated oh. and desperate. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and then I'll look at things like when they talk to me, are they looking at my eyes? Or are they looking me mm-hmm. up and down? Are they looking at my lips? Yeah. Are they kind of trying to stand too close? Um, usually, if there's other people around, so that other people can like see them inviting me, that's a mm-hmm. factor. Um, I consider how difficult it would be for me to get away if I go with this person. Like, Mm -hmm. I met a boy who was super nice and invited me to his house on this last trip, but my phone had died and the SIM card was canceled. And it was like, if I go into this village and something happens, like, I'll have no way of telling anyone this isn't a good Uh idea. Um, Um, Depends on how far away their house is. Um, And definitely if they're with their family, like, if a family is present, I'm cool with it usually uh-huh. it's okay. sometimes stuff still happens but usually a family being present helps so yeah
0: um I'm also um uh curious how Pakistanis see you because you're not the typical white blonde American <laughs> and in my experience that really matters that I look like this so I'm, I'm not white I'm Asian I'm I'm not very, you know, my eyes are not very Asian, but then my skin color is brown because of the traveling. I used to be very white when I was young. But I realized that people react differently towards me because of how I look versus my travel companion who's, you know, white. So how is that working for you?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a two-edged sword. People do treat you differently when you're brown, I find that on the positive side, it helps because you look like them. Mm -hmm. They can relate to you more. You're less of like this freaky white alien that came down to their country and are doing strange things. Mm -hmm. They can relate and relax a bit more. Um, On the flip side, being white definitely has its advantages in the country. They have a very strong colonial hangover and still think that Mm -hmm. white people are like the greatest thing to happen to this earth, even though they screwed over the entire region. (laughs) But still, they love them. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely don't have invitations coming as quickly as mm-hmm. white travelers do. I've traveled the yeah. country both by myself and with white people. And when white people are there, like it's like the red carpet's rolled out instantly. <laughs> and people are giving you things and telling you to come over all the time. But, no, I find it helpful because then I can blend. I can just kind yeah. of avoid questions mm-hmm. as to why a foreigner is there a lot of the time. And people can just relate a bit better.
0: I think yeah, I like right. You. But 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 they but, but you do tell them you're an American, right? Yeah. And what, how do they react when you say that? <laughs> sometimes
1: people tell me I'm lying. They're like, no, 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 no. You're not blonde. You're not American. It's like, what do you want me to be then? I don't know. But you're not American. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. Sometimes the difference in reaction is quite drastic and a bit frustrating. Um, yeah. I had an experience once. Where I was motorbiking around in Lahore and my bike broke, the clutch wire broke. And so I went, I was just stuck in the middle of traffic and was just what do I do now? And all these people are just like giving me these death stares, like, why is this girl on a motorbike in the middle of the traffic? Like, who is this girl? Why is she on the bike? What is going on? Mm-hmm. And so I was like pushing the bike around and asking people in Urdu, like, do you know where a mechanic is? And they're all kind of ignoring me. And I finally found a mechanic pointed to the clutch thing asked him to fix it in urdu and then we got Mm -hmm. talking and i couldn't answer a question at some point he was like wait where are you from? I was like, America. (laughs) And then they pull out the chair and offer me tea and ask me to sit. And I'm like, wait, screw you guys. You weren't being nice. (laughs) like." Yeah. Being American changes everything and screw this system. So yeah, there's definitely a big shift in how people treat you once you're American. Some people are suspicious again and think I'm a spy. I've had that happen too. But for the most part, it's a positive thing.
0: Yeah, that's that's normally uh, what they how they see Americans, right? But yeah. we've talked about um, nationalities. Now I want to talk about like these are things I really avoid talking about because I don't think we should like be identified by it. But how is being an American and a female? You know how is how do people look at um females in Pakistan, because, especially you traveling solo, I, I, I saw your post um, uh, last week in Saudi Arabia, and you were like, okay, I want to drive by myself, but then, you know, I need a man because everything now, everything is different when you're with a man. So how is that in Pakistan? Is it the same like the other Middle Eastern countries?
1: Yeah, Saudi Arabia was a bit more extreme, although maybe I'm just more used to Pakistan. Um, The problem that I have is that a lot of people interpret your being alone as, like, being available. They're like, Uh oh, she's a lone Western woman. She must want to sleep with (laughs) me. No, it's not how it works. And so they either think that or they're really worried for my safety and try to stop Mm -hmm. me from doing things. And it's ironic a lot of the times because – I actually know more <laughs> about the country than yeah. some of the locals do. And so they try to lecture me on safety and things like this. And it's like, you're yeah. telling me about places that I've been and you haven't. Yeah. So, yeah, you have a lot of people trying to restrict you and a lot of people getting a little bit creepy because you're a girl alone.
0: Yeah. What, what do you mean by restriction? What are the instances of examples of restriction they told you? Like, oh, don't go into that mountain. Or what are these um, samples?
1: Um, in cities, they might not want to let you walk around by yourself. Mm-hmm. People will try and send like a boy with you, whether it be a hotel boy or like someone in the family, they'll want someone to go with you. Mm-hmm. Or they'll want to drive you everywhere and not let you get out of the car while they go do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um I've been turned away from places saying that I can't stay there overnight because I'm a woman and it might be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had security guards assigned to me because they're worried about the wow. safety of a woman alone and stuff like that. Assigned to you by who? The, um, the or police. Like, That's I showed cool. up in a valley once and the police figured out that I was there and they came, like, I went out and came back to my hotel and then there was a police officer standing there waiting. They're like, you can't be alone. You need oh. an escort.
0: But Did you then, have to pay
1: for that? Well that t- normally in Pakistan you don't have to pay for your escorts maybe mm-hmm. you buy them like some snacks or a drink as thanks but that time I actually got into a fight with the hotel manager because he made me pay for a room for the escort and uh-huh. his food. But he didn't tell me that until the end. And it was like, wait a second. Not only did I have this <laughs> non-standard escort. I also have to pay for yeah. it. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't it. ask for this. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. I didn't even want this. <laughs> He's been stalking me and ruined everything. Yeah. And now I have to pay. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't very graceful at that moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: but do you no. think that your experiences would have been different with this escort or without them? Like... Probably yeah, to think totally. it
1: will- yeah. um, I mean, people are a little bit intimidated, you know, you have this guy with a Kalashnikov following you everywhere. And so that's a big like, don't come near me kind of sign. Mm-hmm. Unless the guy with you knows everyone and is a bit friendly with them. But I've had escorts in other places who would beat people who came too close to me. Like people mm-hmm. would come to say hi or see what's up and they would like beat kids away and shoo away adults. Mm -hmm. Um, it's hard to relax if you're in a natural place when there's a big guy with a machine gun sitting next to you no matter where you go Uh Um, I like to just wander around and see what happens and a lot less happens when you have an escort just standing there behind you all
0: the time Mm -hmm. wow (laughs) (laughs) I I don't well I I can't wait to be in Pakistan or to go to Pakistan (laughs) but I, I still need to figure out um, maybe I'll just, I visit, uh, more Western countries first, but I'm curious, how do you speak to them because you're there a long time. What's the language in Pakistan? A lot of people would say like, Oh, I don't want to go there. Nobody speaks English. How do I survive there? Cause you know, usually English is the normal form form of survival. And if people don't know anything about the certain country, everyone always assume that no one speaks English. So how do you get along in uh, Pakistan language wise? Um, Most of the time it's in English. English Mm -hmm. is actually
1: super common because it was a British colony. Mm -hmm. So English is one of the official languages of the country. Everyone from the middle class up probably speaks a little bit of English. Mm -hmm. Like the Philippines, I guess. Um, Yeah. And so, yeah, it's quite easy to find someone who speaks English maybe in like villages. You might have a harder time finding someone who speaks English, but if a foreigner shows up to a random village and is only speaking English, everyone mm-hmm. is going to be so amused that like, eventually someone who does speak English will learn about it and show up.
0: Thank you for listening to WMN. Today, we are talking to Alex Reynolds about her solo travels in Pakistan, and this episode is brought to you by Travel Wi-Fi. Discover your new travel companion with 24-7 service to make your adventure seamless. Travel Wi-Fi is a pocket Wi-Fi device that offers global, secure, and unlimited internet for all your needs. You can rent a travel Wi-Fi device for $5.95 a day or buy one for $149 with 1 GB of internet included. All you have to do is go to www.travelwifi.com to order your device. You may use the 10% discount code PSM on my way upon checkout. So guys, welcome back to WMN with Alex Reynolds. Today we are talking about Alex and her travels to Pakistan. So... Um, Alex, about, uh, we, we, we were caught uh, with a language topic, so how is, um, how do you communicate in uh, Pakistan, as you know, it's, you, sh- you mentioned it's a British colony, everyone can speak English, what is the level of their English speaking there, is it just basic or understandable or something to point you to directions or, you know, give you advice and stuff, how is the level of English speaking in Pakistan?
1: The level of English in Pakistan is quite high, actually, Mm -hmm. especially in cities where there are a lot of educated people. People will be able to have full conversations with you. Maybe not all of the slang, but they can definitely have a good back and forth with you. Even in some Mm -hmm. of the mountainous areas, um, some areas are more educated than others. For example, Mm -hmm. Hunza, um, their sect of Islam prioritizes education quite a lot and so Mm -hmm. most of the younger people there can speak quite high level of English and have conversations and the adults also can have good conversations because a lot of them worked in tourism before the country had its kind of terroristic Mm -hmm. slump.
0: But you're learning their language, right? I I know they have various (laughs) languages in Pakistan. What what are you trying to learn right now? So many languages. Um, I'm learning Urdu because
1: It's the main language of the country. It's quite similar to Hindi, actually. Mm -hmm. I can understand a bit of Hindi now that I'm learning Urdu. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm mostly learning it just because I'm running tours there and so it seemed responsible to learn it and also now I can tell if people are cheating me sometimes. <laughs> sometimes yeah. they discuss screwing over the foreigner and Urdu, and then I can chime in and be like, Yeah, you know I can understand you and then they're like crap. <laughs> crap, crap,
0: crap, No, never mind. <laughs> she sees what I'm
1: saying, Oh no. <laughs> it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. So um you uh there's a Malala Yousafzai is from Pakistan, right? Yeah. So how do people, uh, you've talked about how people react towards females in mostly more questionable ways. But now I want to talk about how, how is it, how, what are the positive experiences for you? Like, how is uh, Pakistan, is Pakistan awake about situation of women and the current situation of women in this world? Like, what are the good things that you experience as a woman traveling alone? in Pakistan?
1: Well, one of the obvious benefits is that I'm trustworthy. I'm a girl alone, girls can't do anything, Mm -hmm. so I can't be threatening if I'm a girl alone. And Pakistan is a lot of the time quite divided by gender. Boys do their thing, girls do their thing, and in houses, um, especially in more conservative areas, women will kind of stay in one area and men will stay in another. And mm-hmm. so as a woman, you can kind of transcend the barrier. Like, I can hang out with men and have tea with them and talk about things, but I can also mm-hmm. spend time with the women and see what they're doing and talk yeah. to them. Whereas a male traveler can't do that. Right. So as a foreign woman, I have a kind of special position where I can see both worlds yes. in the country, which is right. really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, there's other little benefits, like, On buses and other public transport, it's not really common for women to sit next to men they don't know. Mm-hmm. so women will get to sit in like the front of the bus where the women sit or a lot of the time I'll be the only woman on the bus so I could sit oh. in the front next to the driver <laughs> <laughs> that's really nice um, yeah. in places where there's a lot of men standing in line I can just like cut the line <laughs> just mm. go to the front and they'll be like, oh, it's a lady, we can't say anything, it's like, oh, yeah. yeah, stop <laughs> so <laughs> there's little things like that that make up for other difficulties
0: Yeah, right. Um, Do you think you're very immersed in Pakistan? You know this country. You dress like them. You can probably, you know, on the verge of going to speak like them. But do you think that the purpose of this um, this episode on my podcast is um, to to let everyone see how Pakistan is in your perspective as a female traveler and someone who's experienced? But I think. I don't believe that Pakistan travel is still for everyone. What do you think about that? Is, is it for, you know, okay, go to Pakistan, we're going to have a sightseeing in Lahore, let's go. Because I do believe that some countries are only for experienced travelers. I don't know how you put that, but I want to hear how, how you, how, what do you think about that?
1: I do think that Pakistan is not yet a good idea for inexperienced travelers. Mm -hmm. Like if you go from backpacking around in Western Europe and then drop into Pakistan, I think you're going to have a heart attack. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a totally different world. It depends on where you're coming from, of course. But I mean, some people don't even know what a squat toilet is. And if Mm -hmm. you don't know what a squat toilet is, you're going to be very confused when you get into the country. And so if you're, if you have experience with, like Islamic society or kind of more conservative countries or just more chaotic countries where stuff doesn't happen as planned, then Mm. I think you'd be fine in Pakistan. But the tricky part is that it's tourism industry is still growing. So whereas in other countries, if you're confused or need like help or want someone to travel with, it's much easier to find that person. You just like hang out in a hostel and drink a beer and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Versus in Pakistan, There are a lot less places where you can find other travelers like that. It is changing. Um, Now in the capital, you'll meet a lot of other travelers. And in certain places in the mountains, you'll meet more foreign travelers. And obviously, Mm -hmm. locals are quite easy to meet. Right. But in other parts of the country, you could go weeks without seeing another foreign traveler. Uh And especially as a woman, finding other women traveling there is still relatively rare because it's kind of intimidating. Mm -hmm. So... And another issue is that the outside world is just men. There's just lots and lots of dudes all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So especially as a woman, you're going to get a lot of attention walking around. Mm -hmm. And a lot of girls I know are not comfortable with that. Having Mm -hmm. people just staring at you constantly is not something they are really happy with or Mm -hmm. enjoy while traveling. And so if you're one of those people, then I wouldn't recommend the country. Not yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, can you give some very basic and understandable tips for female who want to follow your path in Pakistan? Like, okay, I, I want to be like Alex, I want to go to Pakistan on my own. But what are the, the main, uh, what are the tips, even in uh, safety or not, what are the tips you can give?
1: I mean, you're going to start out in Lahore Islamabad for sure. So Mm -hmm. these are relatively forgiving places. They're getting more used to international travelers. Mm -hmm. And in both of these places, there's a pretty big couch surfing community. So if you use couch surfing, I would recommend getting in touch with some people. Obviously, check their uh, references to make sure Mm -hmm. they're not creepy. But there are girls on there also. And that's a really good way to kind of meet someone and get an introduction into the country and kind of get a feel for things. Um, I run a Facebook group called Female Travelers, oh crap! What is it
0: called? <laughs> 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 can you repeat oh, that again fe- so I can write female, it? Female,
1: female Pakistan travelers. It's called. It's some variant. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna well, look, look so for good it being my <laughs> own admin. But yeah, I run a Facebook group for female travelers in Pakistan. There's several thousand people in it, and it's a really good place to kind of get female-focused information on traveling in the country. And it's both local and foreign travelers, which is a nice mix. Um, if you're a little bit worried about kind of feeling comfortable and feeling safe and being able to relax, I highly recommend going to a region in the mountains called Hunza first, because um, there's a bit more equality between genders. They're more used to women traveling alone or otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. And so it just feels more relaxed versus places like Peshawar, which is closer to the Afghanistan border, is visibly more conservative it's much less common for women to go around and do things on their own there you're going to stand out more and people can be quite intense and so I find a lot of female travelers are a bit overwhelmed if they go there first so I don't recommend it to people first Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously dressing modestly is super important Mm-hmm. um it doesn't have to be the local clothes which are called shower kameez although i do recommend them because they're freaking awesome and super they're comfy cute and basically, on you. like wearing pjs them. outside they're so good mm. <laughs> yeah they're colorful they're comfortable you can sleep in them you can do stuff in them what more do you need <laughs> but <laughs> yeah if you don't want to wear those that's also fine you can just wear like a long shirt or a kind of tunic thing Mm -hmm. You can wear a dress over leggings, whatever floats your boat. As long as your clothes are kind of loose and your butt is covered, fine. And even (laughs) in the capital and rich parts of um, other big cities, you can wear, like, skirt and skinny jeans. You'd probably Mm be fine. Although you'll get some, like, old people giving you stink eyes.
0: (laughs) Okay, everyone, Alex does not only run a Facebook group for female pac- uh, travelers in Pakistan. But also, Alex runs a tour in Pakistan. So Alex, please invite everyone to your spring tour in Pakistan.
1: Okay, well, yeah, I run spring and fall tours in Pakistan. They're for women only, because there are enough tours that handle men. And it's the next one is from March 22nd to April 10th. And it's just a small group of women going around both popular and not so well known places inside Pakistan with an obvious focus on women in Pakistan so we'll be meeting with the women's empowerment group we have local female guides in a bunch of different places and we kind of chain things up by staying in homestays instead of just hotels all the time Mm -hmm. so we still stay in some hotels but there are definitely homestays thrown into the mix so it -hmm. should be a lot of fun I'm excited
0: right okay that's it thank you alex for having us everyone you can um know more about alex's tours in www.losswithpurpose.com slash tours slash pakistan women's tour and also if you want to see alex's amazing images in pakistan go to her instagram it's instagram.com slash lost with purpose alex reynolds everyone thank you so much thank you for having me